0: Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. As always, subscribe to the show, leave us a review on Apple. Five stars. Today, we are talking all things children and dogs. When's the right time to have a dog? How do you get your child to stop harassing the dog? How do you get the dog to stop harassing your child? Our guest today is a true expert, Jake Snyder. You can learn more about Jake and his work by going to ondogtrainingacademy.com. Really fun, fun conversation. Check it out. In the mornings, it's just like meh, meh all the time. And it's like part of me wants to, like I know goats aren't allowed in the neighborhood but then i feel bad if i'm taking away someone's pet or that
1: could leave them really upset too right like this is just a regular like a neighborhood and yeah like
0: this is just a regular neighborhood it's not like in the country or anything
1: man people these days are getting so it's interesting what they're bringing in you know into like the suburban areas and, and town and stuff like that like even with us we're out in the country more but we live in a development and you know, we're not supposed to have livestock or anything. And it's one of our neighbors. This is years ago now got chickens and Mm. they had a rooster that had no idea what time it was. And it just all day, all night, it just sat there and and made noise the entire time. And no, I I get it kind of, it kind of gets annoying, but yeah, I get what you're saying. You're like, well, they like it. So you don't want to like ruin it, but Mm-hmm. yeah, but get these farm but, animals out of here. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tolerate dog barking and stuff because that's just something that's kind of the norm. But oh, yeah. goats that would just be weird just hearing goats just randomly.
0: hmm. Well, you hear all these things around the holidays where people are talking about dogs and it's like, I am not a toy. I'm a 10 year commitment. Right. Is that, yeah. Is that really a thing? Like, do a lot of people buy dogs for a holiday
1: and then get sick of them? Oh yeah. I mean, it's something that I think comes up often. We, we do, we're, we're one of those people who stress like, look, we're not saying don't get a dog for Christmas. What we are saying though is, is don't rush into it. Like a lot of times people like, Oh, in in October or November, they're like, Hey, let's get a dog for Christmas. And they don't allow themselves to do enough research on the breed. They're getting the breeder they're getting the dog from, or is it going to, if they're going to a rescue, is it going to be the right fit for them? And it's almost a rushed decision. So I'm not a huge fan of it um, just because I do feel like, especially with kids, because kids are getting a ton of gifts or they're getting presents or whatever for for Christmas or or whatever. And I find that it takes away from the excitement in some degree of the puppy because they they have all these other things. Like, oh, well, they got a puppy, but they also got a new Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I know kids want to go play their Xboxes or PlayStations or whatever. And all of a sudden the puppy kind of loses It's luster because it should be almost like a standalone thing, like a standalone gift. Don't don't put it into a holiday of any kind. Just be like, hey, you know what? In the spring, we're going to get a dog. And then it just allows the kid to focus on that one really cool new thing, which is the dog. And I think that does help. But I don't tell people not to get holiday dogs. I just want to make sure they're doing it correctly and not rushing in and not not making mistakes that could definitely affect them long term, where the dog maybe doesn't fit or something else, yeah
0: yeah, that's interesting to think of the dog competing with the Xbox. I, I think people <laughs> underestimate uh how hard it is having a pet. like I mm-hmm. just got fish and aquatic frogs, <laughs> and I was like just had to go through a lot of like fish dying and trying to figure it out and yeah. it's like I thought this would just be fun, easy, and cool, yeah. and now it's this big painful situation and I'm sure that's with dogs too like hopefully they don't die like the fish did but it's a
1: lot of work well yeah you never know you you just never know and it is it's it's a lot of work to just keep them alive you know you're you're you're, and it's expensive you know just the vetting and everything can definitely be expensive but yeah it's it's dogs is a huge commitment and losing a dog it's it's brutal at least for me personally it's it's brutal because we put so much into them
0: well and especially for children too Mm mm-hmm A lot of times that could be like the first death that they experience.
1: Yeah. And, and it's kind of, I don't want to say a double-edged sword or however you want to look at it, but like dogs can have so much benefit to children. Um, You know, it gives them friendship. It gives them, um, it teaches empathy. It also gives them someone to talk to. Like I know there's some programs that, that, you know, we've, We've talked to people that are part of and, and everything where they'll bring dogs and the kids will read to the dogs and they feel more comfortable reading to the dogs than they do reading to other people. And I find that the same in households where the, the child can talk to a dog almost more freely than they can even their parents. And so, and so that's all really good. But then on the other side is, is yeah, that if that dog passes away or something, it it's, So hard on them, like you're saying, it's so hard on the kids for that loss because, if done correctly, they've had an amazing bond with this dog.
0: Dogs can be so comforting, too. I worked Mm -hmm. with a lot of youth in foster care for a long time, and at the court, they would have a support dog that would just sort of hang out with the children and Mm -hmm. be a supportive animal. And all the kids loved it. I think dogs can also sense, like, if you're afraid of them too, like they're just very aware of the energy around them. Mm. And sometimes children
1: are afraid of dogs. I, what can you do there, though? You know, I think it's, it's, if you're not used to being around dogs, I can totally understand, you know, why kids can start to be afraid of dogs, especially if you have younger dogs or or dogs that are high energy, the kid mm-hmm. sees the energy. And it's just a lot. And they're, if they're trying to pet the dog, the dog is super excited. So it's jumping on them or maybe they've never grown up with dogs. Um, but the neighbor dog, every time they walk by charges the fence and barks at them, you know, so there's, there's definitely a lot of, of children that we work with that, that have been traumatized, or just have bad, bad experiences with dogs. And I always, my biggest thing is we want to have whatever uh, exposure the kid has the dogs, we want to try and make it positive. So if, if, if we're bringing a dog in, or if I have a client who's bringing a dog in, I want to make sure that their kid is, is not getting overwhelmed. I want to have the dog on leash. I want to have some treats. I want to have the dog in a sit or a down. And, and I stress a lot about having the parents train the dog some ahead of time before they have the kid get super involved. But I know that can be difficult. But just having the dog do a sit and not having the dog off leash, because as much as you know, dogs can sense the energy, that energy can either get them really excited or stressed out or whatever. And if the kid's bringing a lot of nervous energy and that dog gets hyper, a stressed dog can actually be, be shown in a bunch of different ways. A dog could look scared if they're stressed, but a dog can actually overstimulate if they get stressed. And that looks like the dog tearing around the house, jumping all over people, biting them. Even if it's puppy biting, just like putting their mouth on them, stealing things, keep away people look at it as the dogs being not naughty, but the dog is just nervous. And, and that's just sensing energy, whether it be from a kid or an adult. So I always try to just let the kid take it slow with the dog. I supervise all, all interactions to make sure that a the kids not doing anything inappropriate, like giving the dog food, it's not supposed to or, or pulling on the dog's ear, depending on the age of the kid, you know, doing things that could possibly make the dog not like them. You know, I'm supervising that stuff. And I just, making sure it just try it goes well um as well as it can and then if the kid needs a break or the dog needs a break we just stop we're like hey we're going to go put the dog in their kennel or hey let's let's go outside or let's just separate and do something different and bring it back together a little bit later
0: you're just bringing back memories of when i was a child and we had our first family dog And brought it to the house and it was just like running around the house. Mm -hmm. And I was just crying like, take it back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a ton of work like the whole people romanticize the the thought of like kids and dogs. But boy, sometimes those two together can it, it, it can be absolutely awesome. I grew up with dogs and I don't remember any time where it was bad for us. However, my my parents are dog trainers. So I grew up in that environment. Sometimes it seems like the dogs just think of children
0: as like other animals in the house or something.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. They, we, we basically, the way we explain it is that they just look like a litter mate, especially when you, you get a puppy, puppy comes in the house and sees a kid, especially a younger kid running around doing things sort of similar to what the litter mates were doing and they go Uh, well, hey it's it's
0: like the children behave like animals yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i don't want to say it but that's fine yeah 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 exactly like they're just running around and and they're 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 excited so the dog's like cool this is kind of like what i did with my litter so i'm gonna act to you or with you the same way i would with the other one so they run with them they jump on them they bite them just like they would litter mates there's no respect or understanding that this is actually a human and you know you need to to respect them a little bit more. They just go, yeah, this is my friend. This is my litter mate or whatever. And we're going to tackle and bite and things like that. So what can you do to get them to not do that? I think so. The biggest thing I think that helps is training. You want to make sure that, that the dog, and I understand how people want to have dogs get, or uh, kids get involved with their dogs training. They want the kid to go with them to classes or they want the kid to teach them things. and, And I understand that, but I find it a lot more valuable if the parents take the dog And they say, hey, you know what, we're going to have the dog sit, we're going to have the dog down, we're going to do things like that, and then transfer those skills that the dog has already learned, even if it's not super good at it, then transfer to the kid and say, okay, here's a cookie or something, I want you to tell the dog to do this. And the dog will you tell the dog to sit, the dog sits, the kid gives him the cookie, what you're doing is, is you're starting to have the dog go, oh, wait, you tell me these things, I have to do these things, and I get rewarded. But it's starting to put the kid a little bit more above the dog in the dog's eyes you know it's not like you're gonna have a kid do like like alpha stuff i mean i don't really agree with a lot of that but you're not gonna have a kid do anything like that so it's, it's just through training and, and you want the dog to to have the skills already so that the kid has success the kid has fun with it and and then you're just getting that dog to do the simple skills and the dog starts to go hey i like listening to you and it just makes the dog see them in a different light i think so you want the
0: dog to respect the child and you also want the child to respect the dog. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think about how on social media, there's all these videos of like the dog getting confused or they're doing something <laughs> silly to the dog. And uh, do you think that's having an impact on the way children interact with dogs or you talked about them pulling ears
1: and stuff? What, what are your thoughts? I think social media, as much as I think there's benefits to it, and, and obviously with children, there's a lot of negatives to it as well. I think just social media, whether it's a kid or an adult, has affected the relationships with humans. And it's partly because, oh, my dog is growling at me, so I'm going to video this, as opposed to maybe trying to say, hey, we need to work on this or fix this. Um, you know, it, it's I, I just think, yeah, the 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 social media stuff, and then they see, yeah, kids will see parents videoing or even parents will see see other parents videoing their dog being crawled all over by a baby and there's been a handful of times and thankfully it hasn't happened a lot with us but i there's been a handful of times that i've had to deal with clients whose babies were climbing all over um a dog and the dog ended up nipping them because Mm. they weren't comfortable with it but the parents thought it was cute and there's been a handful of times where they've videoed that and I've had it on video. And I'm like, okay, why are you videoing this? And they're like, well, it looked really cute. They're buddies. And I'm like, the dog clearly didn't like this. And yeah, when we watch anything on social media or anything um, like there's, there's the TV shows that have like pets doing weird things. Me and my wife watch those and we just start, it's it's a little cringy because you can read the body language of the dog and you're like, oh, this dog is not liking this. This dog isn't liking this. And maybe the dog's not growling, but you can see the ears or the eyes or the lip licking. There's things the dog is doing. You're like, maybe not today, but this might end bad. And so, yeah, social media stuff. I just, it, it unfortunately, yeah, it has not been helpful for us for, for the dog stuff.
0: Is it just a matter of like sitting your child down and being like, okay, be gentle with the dog. Don't pull its tail. Don't harass it. Or,
1: yeah. And kind of like I mentioned before, I think the supervision is super important and being able to watch and then communicate to the child, you know, whatever age they are, just being like, okay, nope, we don't want to do that. Because remember, dogs have teeth and they're big and they're sharp. And so the dog isn't going to, the dog has to let you know it's not comfortable and that could be growling or that could be nipping or doing whatever. So really as as parents and stuff, it's good to just monitor, especially if it's a, a, a child who's not used to dogs, because maybe they don't know, maybe they don't realize when they're petting the dog, they're petting them too excited. Maybe they don't realize that pulling on the tail is a bad thing or the ears is a bad thing or, or putting their face directly in their face or a big one that I think even some adults still do is They want to hug the dog, just put their arms around the dog and hug them. And I understand the value in it. And there are certain dogs who tolerate it, but there are a lot of dogs who don't because it's a very non-natural thing for a dog to be okay with, with just another person coming over. When dogs start to hover over each other or grab each other, it's more of a dominance thing. It's kind of something that's not typically something dogs like. So, that's one I always tell people, I know you want to do it. And if your dog's okay with it, fine. But really, really, really be careful with having your kids run up and just wrap their arms around the dog and hug them and hang on them. Because that's really uncomfortable to them.
0: Is that a challenge of dogs being aggressive with children? Like, does that come up often? Or how concerned should parents be?
1: So again, I don't think it's necessarily that the dog is wanting to be aggressive with the children. I think it's more of the dog went is like, okay, I've tolerated a lot. You know, they keep letting this dog or this child pull on my tail or do things I don't like or whatever it might be. And they just go, you know what, I've had enough, you know, we don't see a lot of true, pure aggression, when it comes to to those things. Uh, very often, what we see is a dog who just got defensive, like, mm-hmm. okay, you've done a lot to me, I've tolerated a lot, that's enough, I have to let you know. And that's why again, the parents need to watch and kind of If they notice the dog being uncomfortable, intervene, teach the kid what to do, what not to do, but intervene, give breaks if they need to um, just different things like that. But but thankfully, I mean, we've heard the horror stories of children and dogs and stuff, too. But thankfully, on our end, we haven't dealt directly with really too much where it's been. Dangerous. We've just dealt with dogs who are just they—they they nip the baby or they—not the baby—they nip the the child or something. But usually it it goes back into well, what was he doing? And oh, the kid was messing with the dog to some degree.
0: It's nice to think about a child growing up with a dog, but how do you know when it's the right time to get a dog? Like, is having a newborn the right time for a puppy? Should you wait till they're three or something?
1: Every situation's a little different, but I think as a whole, I would say, if you are trying to have a kid, or especially if you're if you're expecting a kid, or if you just had a kid, to me, those are not times to get a dog. You're dealing with then if you no matter if it's a rescue dog, which is an adult, you know, maybe you bring in an adult dog, or you're bringing in a a brand new puppy, they're going to require work, whether it's oh, we have to go socialize them, we have to train them, we have to do this stuff. And if you have two two things that equally to some degree, especially with puppies depend on you for a ton of stuff. So you have a child and you have a dog, one of them is going to suffer. And what we typically see, and I think this is how it should be. The dog suffers. You're putting more time into your child than you are the dog. And that means the dog maybe doesn't get the training it needs. It doesn't get the socializing it needs. It doesn't, you know, it's just not getting everything it needs and it doesn't then live up to its potential. Um, and so what our goal or what our, our thing is when it comes to introducing a dog into the family is having, getting to a point with your child where you feel comfortable that it's not a 24 seven thing, like maybe now, okay, I can go and take a class with this dog, or I can devote some time to even just online training, doing something with the dog where, where you can put your time in to make sure this dog's going to fit into your family and be a, an acceptable member, as opposed to just being kind of neglected and really lacking in a lot of social skills.
0: Are there other factors people don't consider when getting a dog that they should
1: think about? The big one is, is obviously money. You know, I mean, the, you could, and I, I, you know, when I talk to people, they always like to tell me how much they, they spent on their dog. Like they get a puppy or whatever. And they're like, it was only $300. And I'm like, okay. But you have to look at, okay, maybe it was cheap, but what are the genetics of the dog, you know, everything, or, you know, you're going to have to vet the dogs. So vet bills are expensive They're and they're only getting worse, right? Like, like everything else, vet bills are getting more expensive. Dog food's getting more expensive. It doesn't matter even if you buy the cheapest dog food, because if you buy the cheapest dog food, typically then health-wise the dog suffers. Um, So dogs are, can be expensive. And, you know, unfortunately we've, we've dealt with dogs that have gone through rescue and stuff like that, that were surrendered just because the people couldn't afford it. And the people loved the dog, but they couldn't afford the dog. And then they had to, so they had to get rid of it. And I think that's really heartbreaking, not only for the kids, but the parents as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I think is, is a big thing when it comes to keeping in mind, when you are getting a dog, it's a huge time commitment. Like we, like I talked about before, but also it's, it's an expense. It's like, I mean, it's a living thing you're trying to keep alive. So that's never cheap.
0: It's not a toy. It's an animal. It's definitely well, not a toy. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jake. Really fun conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jake Snyder on DogTrainingAcademy.com. Jake also has a podcast, Learn, Laugh, Bark. So look them up. This episode is dedicated to my childhood dogs, Bella, Sonny, and Andre. R.I.P. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm Bobby Williams. I'll see you next week. Peace.